It's always cloudy in Cleveland. Brought to you in part by Roscoe Sports Twitter. We have all the hit news about Cleveland sports. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to It's Always Cloudy in Cleveland. Yeah, man. How's it going, everybody? What up, Junior? Shit, nothing to chill on watching TV. Breezy, how we doing? Feeling all right, you know? It's a beautiful thing. It's November 5th. Do you guys know what that means? The Cavs just had a heartbreaking loss. Is that what that means? Breezy, do you know what that means? What does that mean? It's my birthday month, baby. Hey! Ouch, yeah. Turning the big 2-7. Shout out to Junior. Your birthday month started five days ago, though. Scott, but we haven't released a pod since. Scott it. All right, a lot going on right now in Cleveland sports. Um, Brown's coming off of a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Greg Williams, first game as interim head coach. But before we talk about his performance or even if we want to go there, let's talk about, you know, this cloud looming over Cleveland of potential coaching candidates. And the big one, the hot topic, I mentioned it, um, the previous pod that's going to be loaded in conjunction with this pod uh, one of my top candidates was Bruce Arians, who recently just came out and said he would only consider one coaching job, and that would be the Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts, boys? I'm going to coach for one team and one team only. Your Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I mean, personally, I love it. I mean, it's a guy that has proven that he can win in the NFL. Um, if my memory serves correct, he actually has a over 600 um average in his career and he's i believe led them to what was it a few years back in the nfc championship or was he was he, he wasn't coaching when they went to the the super bowl right i do not believe so i don't know i, don't I, don't think I know for sure he made to, to the nfc championship with him but regardless he he's a proven nfl um coach that you know it's something that we never have can we give junior a quick shout out for pegging that as a top candidate i was actually just about to say the same thing huge shout out you you had a hell of a podcast if anybody hasn't listened for potential candidates last week appreciate it uh breezy what are your thoughts on bringing in big bad bruce see i'm in the minority on this one i still think that the Browns should look in the younger direction and as i've said previously the nfl's trending in a younger direction and i just think we got to get these old heads out of there we got to start jump on the new train and Get that young I, offensive I'm mind not in lie. here. I do like the younger mindset of, you know, let's get these fresh, you know, brains in here. It seems like a lot of teams are going kind of that route. Um, but if you think about it right now, just looking at Baker, this guy already had his first head coach gone. He has an interim head coach. The one thing that's constant right now has been his quarterback's coach, Freddie Kitchens, who's now is calling the plays, who also was on Bruce's staff when he was in Arizona. So if Bruce comes here, if he wanted to keep Kitchens around, that's a constant and something familiar with Baker. So it's not really starting from scratch and just another food for thought. The food in the kitchen? Food in the kitchens. See, I mean, I guess if they did bring him on, I mean... It kind of makes sense. Kitchens would probably stay on the staff, but I could see him bringing a new OC. I mean... Which is fine, but it's still being consistent and having that, you know, one thing that Baker is used to, rather than a bunch of change. Baker right. in the kitchen? Oh, damn. Now we cooking like a stir fry. <laughs> Let him eat. 
All right, boys, before we, we jump the guns on, on getting a, a new coach here, what are your thoughts on, on Greg Williams and Kitchens this week? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought they per, they overperformed. I mean, you have to think about it. What happened on Sunday, you had a fourth and fifth string corner in the game. I mean, Mitchell's gone. He's been gone for a while. You had um, Denzel Ward go down. EJ Gaines had his about fourth concussion in the last three weeks, so he's probably going to be out for a little while. So when you have the best offense in the league versus the fourth and fifth corners, and they held their ground. So how did Freddie Kitchens overperform if the fourth and fifth cornerbacks were out there? He didn't just say Kitchens. He asked how Greg Williams did. Well, and you I said, think you it's said they. Ice, do you really want to run with the word overperform right now? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to do what I can. All right, they try did, to be a little they, bit positive. I think they were they did what they had to do. Like they, they did right. The expected offense of them. looked good. Like Freddie Kitchens stepped up in that role, never called a play before in the league outside of the preseason, and he made Baker look good. Baker had a great game. The only side of the ball we could really critique here is the defense. Greg Williams kind of took a step back from the defense as he really overlooked the whole game this week, and we were really bit in the ass by the injury bug. I know we never like to make excuses, but when you got freaking Denzel Rice making picks off Patrick Mahomes, that just goes to show you with what was on the field. Yeah, I mean, also the one thing that people have been talking about, which is a, something nice to see, is the reemergence of Duke Johnson. I knew it was coming. I was waiting for he didn't. He didn't have the carries, but Duke, he did. Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl, Earl, Earl. Duke but he did have, I think he led the team in, re- in receptions and two touchdowns. Two yeah, I think he had nine receptions, 78 nine, yeah. yards. We missed you, Duke. So, yeah, I mean, I think Freddie Kitchens, again, he looks good in that role. It's going to be interesting to see how the season plays out. I, I don't think they necessarily overperformed, but versus a good Chiefs and a hurt defense, I think, you know, they 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 got by. They they get a pass. They get a pass this week. Let me let me ask you a question as they were talking about this a lot during the commentary and I was questioning myself, but what do you think about all the two point attempts? Do you think that's gonna be something we're gonna run with the rest of the season and just have big old balls after we score or Absolutely because the thing is, because our kickers suck, and we've tried out. Like, didn't we try out? Like, hey, five hey he had his career week? long. No, no, no. But listen, <laughs> the reason why we're doing that, first of all, is we're two six and one. We're not going anywhere. So when you're in the red zone, these are looks that Baker's getting to throwing the ball in the end zone when he's moving down the field. If you can give him as many as those repetitions heading into next year, that's only going to give him more experience and tenure when we're in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody understands this season's over. So it's like, why not go for two every single time? But don't you agree that yeah. getting him those reps and those types of situations it's big. Yeah, is it's only red beneficial zone. for him? Yeah. I'm more of a fan of like the conservative approach, like let's kick the extra point. But like like you said, with this season... It's like the dress yeah, rehearsal. If, if it was week one, agree, Breezy. Ski Boy tried to, he alluded to it, like the kickers, like you can't trust them. Aside from the two-point conversions, I think just the overall aggressiveness and nature of Greg Williams going for it on fourth down, whether it was week one or week eight, you're only two, six, and one. I think that's mentality that he would bring regardless of where we were at in the standings. Um, so I do like that aggressiveness. I think it's a part of the culture that he brings of, I'm a tough guy. We're going to be disciplined. And, you know, when we're in contention to go for it fourth and short, we're going to get that and, you know, really – make a name for ourselves and being that team that's going to move the ball down the field regardless of what our position is. I don't want to like look too far into this game, though. you got to remember, we just played the Kansas City Chiefs, who are ultimately probably one of the two best teams in the league right now. Boys, before we wrap up on the Browns, seeing Greg Williams for one week, and I know we alluded to, you know, 
potential coaching candidates last podcast touched on Bruce on this one. Would you be willing to give uh, Greg Williams the keys to the castle next year as the head coach? I know it's kind of early, but I've been hearing a lot of people saying we can't we can't mess this up and give Greg Williams the, the head coach if he you know looks somewhat okay, a la what he did versus the Chiefs because it's just a trap. It's a trap because it's going to hinder Baker this and that. What are your thoughts on? potentially giving him the head coaching job next year versus a candidate that might be more favorable towards Baker's skill set. Why do you think it's going to hinder Baker? I, no, I, I don't personally, but that's like the big thing around the media. You know, fans of Cleveland sports are all on Twitter. People are crying. Oh, don't fall for this Greg Williams trap. I personally don't think it will hinder it. If you're a good player, you're a good player. No coach is going to hold you back. So I'm personally against that. I think if Greg Williams sets the tone and builds a culture here and we don't take a step back in the wrong direction, power to the team and, you know, go at it. But, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, if he doesn't take the right small tasks forward, if he doesn't cross certain things off his list, small wins, and really start to build or establish a culture here, then that's where I say, okay, he, he, he hasn't done anything for us. Let's look at a coach that can speak to Baker's game. Well, we're working with the small sample size of one game right now. Hell, one week right now. I think it's too soon to say what direction the Browns are looking to go. But I think ultimately what they have to do is let John Dorsey take over and choose his guy. And you know what? If John Dorsey thinks Greg Williams is our guy, then I'm cool with it. I'm going to run with it. And Dorsey, we trust. So it, you agree that it's too early to write off Greg Williams as a potential candidate? It's too early to write him off or put him in a position to win the job. I agree. All right, moving on from the Browns, gentlemen. Let's move to the other end of the spectrum for football. Let's move into college football. Big weekend. Alabama, LSU, West Virginia, Texas. Sad face on that one. What are we thinking? What are your thoughts on this week? What's what's their predictions going forward, Ice? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about this week for a minute, i got to have a shout-out to my boy, Will Greer. I mean, the dude looked amazing. I know he broke the Shut hearts the of, of Texas Nation. Um, but I love seeing West Virginia, you know, make that step forward. I feel like every year they just linger around 15 to 20 every single time. And then they end up just blowing you it see, at the end. You see Tom Herman uh, thinks that that two-point conversion shouldn't have counted because he taunted while he walked in. And according to the rules, um, it get, the play gets blown dead and doesn't count. Sounds like a bitch right, move yeah, if you ask me. Our easy ski, <laughs> ski boy fanboy over here. All yeah, I'm that's saying. like, like that's like that one, after that the That one tore my heart out. That was... Man, I was losing my mind. At home? At home. I under, mean, granted, the that was a hell of a pass, that like 50-yard bomb right in the back of the end zone. Like, you can't throw it any better than that. So give him a shout-out to the, the Greer guy. Will Greer? Goat. Yeah, without a doubt. But, no, I mean, that that was a great game, probably by far the best game. I think everybody knew LSU was just going to get blown out. We were just hoping something would happen. You know, I, I honestly convinced myself that LSU was going to win. Like, I was so convinced I was really that Joe Burrows was, was going to fucking tear up that Bama defense, Yeah, man. I kind of wanted to see, too, but I really wanted to see a close game, and it just wasn't. It wasn't anything like that. You know, I, I blame... LSU losing for the reason why I blacked out Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, dude, they, they had some great marketers on that team. Did you see Ed Oregon or whatever his name was walking down? Coach O. Coach O. He was walking down in front of the entire crowd like before the game, like pounding his chest. And they had that big Samoan dude and his dad do the Samoan like cry. Yeah, <laughs> it was, was awesome. Well, gentlemen, let's, I mean, look at it. LSU losing is only a good thing for Ohio State. It now solidifies the SEC as a clear picture of Bama being the team to win it. And now you're crossing more of those SEC teams off the list to not get in 
because of a one loss Bama could have got in with another SEC championship team. But now if Bama wins the SEC championship, that just knocks off all other SEC teams from getting in, which helps Ohio State's cause for getting in. Granted, they went out. It's a good point. I mean, who do you guys have in your top four now? We'll just go back to you, Junior. Now you kind of brought that up. Yeah, I mean, I think Bama just, if this was a game, if they were going to lose a game, I think it was going to be to number three, LSU. I mean, at LSU? Yeah, exactly. So I, I just think they're so dominant. I mean, I think they're the clear-cut favorite to win the whole thing, and I'd be surprised if anybody would be even able to give them a close game in the national championship. Um, I think Clemson's another clear-cut. I mean, you look at their schedule. Granted, they do have Boston College, who's ranked, I believe, 22nd by the AP poll. Um, but, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to really slow them down. Notre Dame is where you really look to question because they don't play in a conference championship, and they do play Matty Ice's team, Syracuse, who has been able to hang with a lot of these good teams all year. Um, so it will be close. If, if, if Syracuse can uh, pinch Notre Dame and give them that loss, Notre Dame's out of the picture. Um, my gut's telling me that it's going to be Bama, Clemson, and then, you know, I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to get in until they join yes, a conference. Sir. I, I do like Notre Dame as my second favorite college team, uh, but I'm Ohio State all the way. Um, until Notre Dame joins a conference, can add a title to their uh, you know resume. It's not going to help them. It's going to keep biting them in the ass. So I think it's going to be Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins the Big Ten as the three hole, and then I think the four hole is going to go to the Big Twelve um, championship. Winner. So who you got then? If you can make your early uh, early prediction. Country Roads. Oh, yeah, right. baby. Come on. Damn it. I want to say Country Roads. Fuck. Can we just, just no, can we just sing it for one time for the one time? I want to sing it at the, like, if West Virginia gets in and Ohio State doesn't, like, we, me and Maddie Ice are for sure going to be West yeah. Virginia fans the whole way through. I'm literally going to just be singing this the entire time. Country Roads. Take me home. Uh, uh. To a place, na 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 na. I belong. All the single ladies, West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, Pat Mahomes, <laughs> Will Greer, Breezy. What's it looking like for you in the college playoff? Uh, who gives a shit? Because Bama's gonna run away with it, right? My college football player prediction is Bama, and that's just it. <laughs> No, yeah, no, but seriously, it's going to go Bama, Clemson. I'm sticking with Notre Dame. I just do not see them losing. I think they got a very good football team. And you guys are not going to like this last pick, but I'm going Michigan. I think Ohio State's playing good football. Michigan's playing, playing good, good football, football. And Ohio State just doesn't have it, man. They're just very sad and very disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with um, pretty similar. I'm going to go Bama number one. Um, seriously, those Boston College, It's I believe it's a night game away. Um, with I'm sorry, like Clemson is going to be a away game at Boston College. It's a it's a game to watch. Anytime you have a college team going away at on primetime TV, it just seems to be a lot closer than it should be. But I still think they're going to win. So Clemson at two. Um, I have Michigan going three, and I have Oklahoma unfortunately being my boys down in West Virginia at the four seed. So I'm very very similar with that. I got Bama, Clemson. That's not changing. I think Michigan beats Ohio State. Goes to number three, and I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go against you. And I think West V beats Oklahoma. Okay. Last week of the year, moves up to the number four spot. 
Hey, I appreciate all you boys getting on the Syracuse bandwagon. Oh, Syracuse is definitely going to be Notre Dame. Let's go. Wait, all you boys? Who are you talking about? Uh, the three people that just picked Notre Dame well, to lose. You said, oh, if I, if you recall, all. I thought Northwestern was going to beat Notre Dame last week. I really thought they were going to give them a run for the money. It was a close game. Um, but, I mean, Notre Dame, every game they've played this year, they never really wiped anybody's ass outside of Stanford. Well, like, who did they, they play? Ball four... State and kept it competitive. Ball State was competitive. On any given Saturday, I feel like a team, especially like Syracuse, who's trying to make a name for themselves, can take down Notre Dame. Who did beat Michigan? Touchdown, Jesus! Big, Rudy. Who did beat Michigan to start the season? Who everyone here has in the college football playoffs? Week one is so. F- it don't matter, dude. It that's irrelevant. Why is that irrelevant? Florida State was like top ten week one. Well, that's different. That's that team is just fucked up in general. <laughs> I mean, don't you ever compare Florida State and top? 10 I'm just saying, week ones Michigan. are usually irrelevant. And I'm not rooting against Notre no, Dame. I, I get, get this, yeah, but at the same time, they have four defensive linemen who are probably going to be playing on Sundays. I, they don't need to blitz to get a pass rush. At the same it's time, it's a perfect recipe to be any of these football teams. You're That's talking to an Ohio State fan, so I'm being biased. Like I'm thinking ahead, like okay, I think Syracuse could potentially knock off Notre Dame because I mean, if Notre Dame is out of the way, that that only enables Ohio State a better chance of getting well, in. Well, could it happen? Of course, it's college football. There's a little bit of parity, but will it happen? I don't know. I don't well, he, think so. Here's my thing. I'm having. I'm not knocking Notre Dame by any means. I'm literally building up Syracuse, and the reason I say that is because if you look at their two losses, one was to Clemson, and I understand it was their quarterback's first game, and he got hurt. But their other one is an overtime loss to Pittsburgh. Like both of their losses are games that they should have won. I'm just on the Syracuse bandwagon. I mean, their coach is a hell of a coach. I mean, you you should see this guy out there. He's he's a maniac. Well, the problem is they're just not any good. All right, moving away from football, um, I know the baseball season just ended, and people probably wouldn't think we'd be talking about the Tribe this soon, but they're actually back in the news talking about potentially, you know, being willing to trade anybody in the rotation. Actually, anybody on the team, for that matter, um, except for Jose Ramirez and Frankie Lindor. With that being said, I think a lot of people are reading into this a lot more than probably what it actually is, because the Indians are clear-cut favorite to win the division next year easily with the starting rotation we have intact. But on the opposite end, if I'm completely wrong, and maybe they are trying to ship somebody off, um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you think they're sending a message that, hey, we really are willing to part ways with somebody in this rotation, a la Kluber, a la Carrasco, Bauer, or maybe are they hinting something like getting rid of attrition, McKenzie, or um, what's the dude's name? The young rookie. Uh, regardless. Oh, Bieber? Bieber. Yeah. Maybe they're alluding like, oh, we would potentially be willing to trade young talent for another bat. I don't know. I don't think – they didn't specifically say just pitchers. They also threw Edwin on the blocks too. I think if there's any trade candidate to send out, I think Edwin makes the most sense with his expiring contract. But who would want him? You know what I mean? Who would want Edwin? A contender, contender who needs a DH? Yeah, but he's not the DH that he used to be with his contract. That's what I'm saying. I know you have the well, teams like this, the. But that's, one more. It's an expiring contract. Yeah. It's not yeah. like you're signing up for three years. But you're not going to release. Regardless. You're not going to get rid of Ed, though, in the middle of the season, in my opinion. Right. That's why they're saying it right now. They're open for business yeah. right now. And I think that's. Don't look too hard into it. I think they're just saying, yo, we're, we're willing to take phone calls. We're always open for business. They made it clear, like, you know, we'll take phone calls on anyone but our two guys. That just means, yo, you know what? We're willing to mix it up. We didn't win it last year with this core. Let's see if we can find a package that puts us in 
a better situation for the next upcoming years. Do I think they're going to do anything? I don't know. Like, nobody knows at this point. I don't think the Indians even know if they're going to at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think they are going to give up anybody. I think it's like you were just saying, Breezy. It's more of a, what are we, what are you willing to give up for one of these guys? If I'm the Indians, I think the guy that probably you give up um, over anybody, which obviously I don't want to, but I think of anybody in the rotation, it'd probably be Bauer. Um, the reason I say this is because Kluber is your heart and soul of the team. That's like giving up your LeBron, essentially. I'm not saying he's LeBron, but he's the guy that's been the face of your franchise for the last four to five years. So I don't think you give him up. Um, I think Cookie, I, he has a phenomenal contract still. And Bauer is coming up in a contract year, I believe, in a year or two. So he's going to be demanding huge money that we know we have no chance of getting. Junior, I see you looking at ice a little bit funny. What are you thinking there, buddy? I couldn't disagree anymore i so mean who do you uh -oh. have uh-oh bauer is the one piece of our rotation that is the most promising right now outside of looking at these young guys who haven't proven much like shane bieber mckenzie but this dude before he got hurt he's the youngest guy in the rotation behind i mean carrasco and kluber but this guy could be the ace for years and cleveland once i mean who knows kluber he might be falling off right now maybe that's even why they're saying hey you know we're open to trading these guys because maybe they see something in kluber's game where they see diminishing value. If I had to, again, I wouldn't give up anybody because I think going into next year, outside of Houston, we have the best rotation, starting rotation in baseball. Um, and it, again, we have a free pass to the playoffs. So anything can happen come playoff time. Um, if I had to give up anybody, it wouldn't be Bauer just looking forward. That would be the one guy in the rotate. That would have been the third name I would have thrown out that we're not trading, to tell you the truth. If I could get rid of anybody and – I think Kluber's still probably the best pitcher in our rotation, but not by a lot. Um, it would probably be Kluber. Uh, Carrasco, some people might say, well, what about Carrasco? He's just kind of, you know, fitting in. That's still a guy who's not going to demand that much money, and he's still a little bit younger. Kluber's somebody who still has that, you know, big blockbuster name, and you could probably get assets for somebody, again, with diminishing value and who's going to want a lot more money. Again, I don't want to trade him, but if I had to, um, I would trade Kluber. And it wouldn't necessarily be for prospects right now. I'd want proven talent, again, because we do have that window. But that would be the guy. I think we need to trade Cookie's beard. He needs to get rid of that thing. <laughs> no, Disgusting. I mean, Junior, the reason I brought this up and the reason I said Bauer is because the reason that the Indians aren't doing this isn't for winning. It's to clear up salary cap space. And Bauer has one year left on his contract. We know he's going to demand a ton of money. So that's why I'm saying, obviously, Bauer has the most potential of all these guys right now. But I'm saying if I'm in the Indian shoes and the reason they're trying to do this trade is for the, the money, I'm giving up Bauer just simply because he's off contract next year. Kluber's going to demand just as much money. Kluber's locked until 2022. I don't think it's, I don't think it's 2022. I, I just looked it up. The only thing I could say is Carrasco's contract is up too. So Carrasco and Bauer's contracts are up. So I think those two guys are the ones that are the most likely to get traded of the three. The issue with the Indians is at some point in time, they're going to have to pay somebody, whether it be a free agent or if they want, like, okay, you've done enough to put a team together to make a far run in the playoffs. But until you actually spend some, I mean, people could say Edwin this and, you know, they're making strides in the right direction. But these you know, you got the Brantleys of the world, the Bowers. These guys are coming up on contract years. At some point, you're going to need to retain this talent. You know, we saw it too early. We were kind of heading in the same direction in 2007 when you had CC, Carmona, Cliff Lee. 
CC wins a Cy Young. We trade him the next year. Cliff Lee wins the Cy Young the following year. We trade him. At some point, the Indians got to look at their wallet and say, you know what? We got to keep this talent in Cleveland. And I think with Bauer, I'm hopefully that trend ends. Yeah, and that's my point. I agree. Like if if I was if I had unlimited amount of money and I had to pick one of these three guys for my future, I would pick Bauer. That's the only reason I said Bauer is because he's going to demand so much money that we won't have. Okay, that's but fair. My other point I was going to say, which is kind of upsetting, going back to the whole contract, there's been this huge talk over the last week how you know the Indians are spending a lot more money than they have in years past, yet our attendance is barely being affected. It actually, I believe, went down. I know overall from... I can chime in and say why it went down. It's because they're taking away season tickets from, from fucking season ticket holders who've been there for over 40 years. That's why it's going down. And they're jacking up the prices. That's exactly what's happening. They're pl- they're trying to make all this money selling their own tickets on fucking StubHub, and it's biting them in the ass. And now they have to trade away players. No, and I I agree with that. I mean, you obviously oh, would know more fact. than no, but I'm just saying as well. Though we have no excuse. You can still go to the ball game for fifteen dollars, twenty bucks. I mean, for if you live downtown in Cleveland and it's a Friday or Saturday night and you're not at the game, like you have no excuse. Twenty bucks is nothing. But that's the thing. Those games are always selling out. It's our attendance is being affected by the games in April and May when it's a Tuesday night and it's just cold yeah. and raining. There's got 5,000 people in the stadium. It's a good point. It's just baseball overall. The attendance is down, but it's, it's not the, you know, New York's LA's where you have, you know, so many people living downtown that they just can come or they have so many guests for businesses that they just bring them in suites. It's Cleveland. It's nobody wants to go to a baseball game in April. That's a fact, but that we're getting a little off topic boys. I mean, at the end of the day, I hope the Indians, if they do trade someone away, get someone that they can plug and play right now, get some fair value in return. And I want to see us win a World Series, man. I'm Jones. That's the thing. It's this is the window. You got to capitalize. You can't retract. You got to recognize what's in front of us right now and take advantage of it. You can't be pinching pennies, man. All right. So, like speaking of Kluber Jr., I know you can back me up on this one. We had a little discussion earlier talking about, you know, maybe. If he pulls off another Sayang or something, he could potentially get his own statue in Cleveland. No, Breezy, you're right. We did mention, you know, Kluber. I don't even think he needs one more Sayang. I mean, Tommy has a statue in Cleveland. He never won an MVP in a tribe jersey. So the fact that he has two Sayangs now being nominated for the fourth time to be a Sayang, I think if he were to even leave this year, I think he'd be the next one in an Indians jersey to uh, be a statue-worthy candidate. With that being said, let's talk about the... Yes, let me pose this question to you then. Right, Shorty, right. Going back over the past 15 years, just players who played for the past 15 years, if you had to choose someone to get a statue for each of the three sports teams, who would you guys pick? Can we go back 20 years just for the Browns' sake? Yeah, no, 20 is a good number. Let's do 20. So should we start off per team? You guys. Well, let me start because I already said Kluber. So Kluber would be my pick for the Indians. I think that's a clear-cut pick. Are we going to have any stipulations or rules, certain players we can't pick? Like, obviously, LeBron James is like, no duh. Yeah, let's let's do no Joe Thomas or no LeBron. Okay. All right. And maybe no no Kluber, for that matter. Okay. Um, For the Browns, I would pick... This will be fun. <laughs> yeah, this is, gosh, really scratch. I mean, I don't think necessarily this person deserves a statue, but if I had to pick out of that pool of people... Quincy Morgan. No, it'd be uh, Phil Dawson. Come on, man. That'd be a dope statue, just him kicking a field goal. Um, And then if I had to pick the Cavs, I mean, this is probably the next most obvious answer, Kyrie Irving. The shot. He left. Just him doing the shot. LeBron left, too. Good statue. 
Just carry a picture of him doing the shot, dude. That would be dope. Yeah, it would be cool. What do you got, Ice? Did you or did pick, you finish uh, all yeah, of you yours? Pick Indians. Yeah, pick Kluber. He said other he said than Kluber. No Kluber. Oh, I can't pick Kluber? Oh, okay. Um, 15 years. 15 years. 15 years. It would be well, between Buster, CC Sabathia, or you can go twenty years. What has what Omar was on our team within the last fifteen years? Yeah, but you think yeah, more nineties when you think yeah. him though. Ah, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna go Omar. I'm just gonna cheat. I think Omar, the Gold Glove, best shortstop, arguably defensively in MLB history, arguably. Omar All right, I'll, I'll go next here. So I'm gonna start by going with the Cavs. I'm going to go with the wild card. How about shirtless JR? Just as kind of a moment that represents the Cavs. I mean, he, he obviously had a lot of threes, but why not? Fuck it, right? Um, Indians, I'm going to go with uh, CeCe, his fat-ass statue. And I had Phil Dawson that I really, really thought about. I actually did some research. This guy is third in Cleveland Browns with tackles, first in assisted tackles, DeQuizzy Jackson, DeQuell Jackson. Obviously, he doesn't deserve a statue, but I'm trying to think of something. Ooh. All right. Well, for Tribe, I had it tied. It was between the good old number seven and Sandy Alomar because he's a coach now, too. Wait, so who would you pick? I'm going Sandy. Oh, okay. But Kenny Lawson's my favorite player of all time, but I'm going Sandy just because he's a coach. Moving to the Cavs. I can't believe you didn't say this. It just certainly, was JR is just a dumb answer. Um, my boy Z. Who's who's that? Zildrunas Legalskis. <laughs> Wait, what's his name? Zildrunas Legalskis. Wait, one more time. Zildrunas. Zildrunas at the line. What's his name? Zildrunas. <laughs> it's not Zildrunas. <laughs> his Zildrunas. boy though. Zildrunas. 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 Yes. Most rebounds of all time from Lithuania. Caps. I think LeBron actually beat him now. Oh, I have no. I don't know. <laughs> And I mean, I don't, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I had Phil Dawson kicking a field goal, bronzed. I think is it the all-time point scorer for the Browns? Probably. Breezy, what do you think? Have you finished your mashed potatoes or what? And gravy. All right. Well, I'll start with I'll start with the Indians. I'm surprised nobody said him. I'm gonna go Pronk, Travis Hafner. Ooh, thought about him. I like that. He's had a couple walk-offs in his days. He was a long-tenured player. I think he does he have up. the most grand slams in a single season for the Indians, too. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. It, might, it actually might be in the MLB record. I was so record. pissed when uh, Justin Morneau beat him out for yeah, I remember the that. Cy Young that year. Or Cy Young. Cy Young. He was Cy a hell of a first baseman. He was a great pitcher. No, uh, for the MVP, I was really butthurt. He had, like, Pronk had 42 homers and, like, 100 and, like, 20 RBIs. Hey, t- talk about life comes at you fast, though. Both those dudes just fell off out of nowhere. They really did. Um, if I go with the Cavs, I'm going to go with my boy, the wild thing, Anderson Varejo. That'd be a dope. Statue. Wow. That was a good one. I mean, he, who, he poured his soul into the city. You know, he showed up every day, did the dirty work. He's a fan favorite. He cried a couple times in the Cavs uni and in the Golden State. So did Victor Martinez. Was that your pick? No. Okay. That'd have been a good one. What about the Browns? For the Browns, you're going to like this one. Baker Mayfield. I'm calling oh. it, boys. Baker's going to lead this titty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was city. Guess I got other things on my mind. 
But it's going to lead this city to a Super Bowl town. It's going to be a beautiful fucking thing. Can't wait for it. It's the Bake Show, baby. Well, well, it's the the Bake Show. All right, boys. That was the uh, solid little potty podcast. (laughs) It's a solid potty. Solid potty. But it is time for grinding of the gears. Cobra Kai, how about you lead us off? We haven't said that all podcasts. Shout outs to the Cobra Kai. I'm still here. Uh, AKA Ski Boy Wonder. Ski, ski, ski boy wonder. Uh, while we're doing a quick shout out, want to shout out uh, the sis for listening on the podcast. Actually, both sisters. You have uh, a sis? My sisters. Oh. Yeah, Jenna and Jill, shout out for the support. Uh, always Cloudy and Cleave. Y'all can check us out. Obviously, if you're listening, you already checked us out. So, shout out to them. Since we're doing shout outs, we'd like a little shout out for YD. Decided to leave the game early again. Why do you leave the game early, Breeze? He got drunk and he wanted to pork some chops. Oh, barbecue. Nice. Whoa. All right, Ski. Uh, you're on the clock. Yeah, so what grinds my gears? Weight room etiquette. I'm talking that guy. That fucking guy. I have one of them in my gym. Who's that guy, Ski? Jesus. I don't know how to describe him. He's that guy. Well, this guy, he loves the Warriors. He loves the Cowboys. He loves the fucking Yankees. That guy who uses every piece of equipment in the gym at one time. Every piece of equipment in the gym at one time. I'm talking he's in the squat rack. Then he's going over to the bench. Then he's doing curls. And you don't know whether, like, can I work in, bro? Can you move? And then he doesn't re-rack his shit. And I got to end up taking off. You know, he's the guy that thinks, he, you know, oh, I can deadlift 425, and then he just leaves all the 45s on there. The same guy that's taking up all the fucking 45s in the gym anyway. I get so pissed at those guys. And then also the guys that, that walk around barefoot in the weight room. Like, oh, I need to. You have never seen that? I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen that. Well, you, you must just be where, where do you work you, out, dude. You, you work out in Afghanistan or something? Well, neither. No, no three of you have seen the inside of a gym in about four years, so maybe you're whoa, not with whoa, it. Oh, about four months. Yeah. Right, no, God, that half. gut doesn't say so. But anyway, the guy—you ever seen those guys that they—they they deadlift with their shoes off in that dirty gym floor, and they're getting their sweat stains all the—I hate that. Just weight room etiquette. Ew. Re-rack your shit. Don't use all the machines at one time when I'm trying to work in, trying to get a quick pump before I gotta go home and hate my life before work the next day. That's what grinds my gears. Wow. So I'm gonna go with a grind grind your gear that I know my boy Junior is gonna be offended by because he does it. But it's going to be business attire. Shots fired. It's not going to be one thing specifically, but he knows what I'm about to say. You should see the shirt he's wearing right now, speaking of business attire. (laughs) It's not Easter, dude. It's fucking November. So I would say only about 25% of the people still do this, but it really is what grinds my gears, is when people wear white crew necks under their button-ups. And you can see the white part. Uh, you know, over like the button up. Speak, uh, what's you either going go. With your, what's going right. on with your crew? To be fair, that's more of a lazy thing. Like I just don't give a fuck. But I do agree that you do have to wear. Yeah, show off the chest meat. Yeah, you, you got to show off the hair. You got. I mean, you have a great you know chest. You have some great chest hair yourself. Where I don't. Wow, this is getting weird. <laughs> Damn, it's oh wow, it's bald, clean shaved. All right, so that's the one, and then the other is for some reason is shoes. Like when the people, like when people have like dress shoes that are all scuffed up, and you could tell they haven't had new dress shoes in probably like seven or eight years, 
Um, you know, they're not that expensive. You're not calling me out for the shoes, though. No, just, no, just, just, the, the, yeah, just yeah. the neck. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what grinds my gears. All right, then I guess I'll jump in on this one. And what grinds my gears is when you're at the bar. For some reason, all my grinding my gears happens You're at all, the bar. I, how often do you visit the bar? Everything pisses you off at the bar. Why do you even go? Dude, I get triggered, man. I don't know. But anyways, you got to go take a piss. And all of a sudden, you know, you're at the urinal. You're at the stall. You whip your thing out, squeezing the lemon. And the dude next to you just tries to, like, have these squeezing long running. The, squeezing the lemon? It's a phrase. What's your wiener look like, dude? Jesus. <laughs> continue. Continue. Why are you trying to put me on blast? I don't know. You're talking about talking with another dude with your wiener in your hands. Keep going. Now I'm getting pissed. Anywho, so you're squeezing the lemon. Yes, Ski. Squeezing the lemon. And homeboy decides to have a running conversation with you. And all of a sudden, you catch him peeking at your cock. And it's like, bro, what the hell are you doing? I'm trying to piss in peace. Don't talk to me. Don't look at my junk. I just want to pee real quick and get back out to the dance floor to get my groove on. Which bars are you going to in Cleveland? Ski, I'm at all the same bars as you. Mm-hmm, sure. I don't have guys peeking at my thing, though. Maybe you ain't got a thing to peek at. It's bigger than a lemon. That's for goddamn sure. I never said it was lemon. I said I was squeezing it. It's a phrase. I've never heard that before. I'm getting pissed, dude. Someone handle my slight work. Junior? Honestly, what grinds my gears is when the freaking podcast goes way too long. So this is for the Always Cloudy in Cleveland Faithful, keeping it short. And for that reason, ladies and gentlemen, that's... Why? It's always cloudy in Cleveland. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next time.